Blog Talk Radio. Hello? And that's the way we're going to start the episode. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. I'll just let... I'm just going to talk over our theme song <laughs> as we as we get there. Because Trev, like, um, as everyone will know in a few seconds, uh, we were tra- I was trying to reconnect with Ryan Whitfield, um, my first co-host, from many, many years ago to get him on this podcast with us. And... Uh, and Trev and I were just talking about it and the pre-show, which was only a few seconds. And then when that, when and then I tried to, uh, when I tried to text him, he got in the in the way on my computer of the switchboard, so I couldn't start the theme song. So that's my long way of saying I effed up, dude. <laughs> I totally effed up the intro. Um, I think that might be Ryan now, who's actually in the waiting room. Um, but I, hey, why not just intro him right off the bat? Hey, Ryan, is that you? It is me. It's on my way in. <laughs> All right. So we've already had. So this is nothing new for Ryan that we've had technical difficulties in the past. We just totally effed up the beginning, Ryan. I'm sure that's no surprise to you. Um, so welcome back, man. <laughs> this is it. I'm gonna go ahead and just start it where we are. Welcome everyone to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. As usual, my name is Hakeem Wong. I'm the editor in chief of Football Garbage Time. With me, as always, is my co-host from Full Press Coverage, Ref the District, and of course, right here on FGT, the man, the myth, the legend, Trevor Stores. How you doing, Trevor? <laughs> Hakeem, I'm great, man. How are you guys doing tonight? Ryan, what's up, bro? Good to see you again. Yeah, yeah that's right. And then, and that's right. And everyone just heard. I, I'm in a time warp here. I feel like I'm stepping out of DeLorean from the movie Back to the Future. Because last week we had OG Joey Alibro on the show, and yep. this week we have the OG podcast co-host, Ryan Whitfield, on the show. Hey, Ryan, man. How's it going? Good. Long time. I, I, I do I do just have to say quickly that I don't think Joey gets to get that much love since I had to carry him <laughs> on the show for like three years, but that's fine. I'll let it slide. I'll be the that's biggest right. Your back still hurts, Joey. right? You're still there. having back problems carrying him all that time. <laughs> right. <laughs> Dude, Brian, I gotta ask you: Have you ever gone back and listened to our very first episode back in 2015? Uh, I feel like I'd crawl out of my skin if I did that. But yeah, uh, it's yeah, so like brutal. Recently. It's so <laughs> brutal. If you want, if you want a cringe-worthy half hour, go listen to our first episode back in 2015. It is, we were horrible. We were absolutely horrible. But uh, boy, boy, but yeah, it was fun though. It was all tons of fun, and we got lots of stuff. We'll be talking about important Week 14 games, the impact of the tie between the Commanders and the Giants, Baker Mayfield getting waved and claimed, Deshaun Watson less than stellar in his return to the Browns, QB injuries to the 49ers and the Ravens, Tom Brady and the Bucks picking it up in Monday Night Football, updated AFC and NFC Championship predictions, and much, much more. Oh my gosh, I got I put too much stuff on our uh, on our agenda today, didn't I? Let's get rolling. <laughs> All right, so Ryan, um, welcome back to the show. It's awesome to have you back on because it's been a while. I mean, it's been a minute, hasn't it? I mean, I, I can't even remember. I think maybe last year was the last time you were on the show. Yeah, I think I think uh, officially ended my tenure the winter of 2020, and I think since then I've been on once per season. Uh, oh, okay. To talk, so. 
Uh, we did it. We got this you is on my, the my season. My first time this year, but yeah, it's, uh, it's been about that the last couple of years now. We, we and, and as everyone knows, when Ryan and I are on the same show, set your expectations low, and we won't disappoint you. So we've done it. <laughs> Good job, Ryan. <laughs> well done. I, I actually want to give us a, a little bit of a, a little bit of a light applause here because uh, we should be recognized for what we were able to accomplish getting Ryan on the show. All right. So with that said, the first thing that we want to talk about here are the Commanders and the Giants, because, of course, they tied. (laughs) Since overtime was introduced in 1974, they've been 29 tied games. Five seasons have had two ties, and you guessed it, 2022 is one of them, and the Commanders and the Giants both have three ties apiece since the beginning of overtime. I didn't know that. So, I mean, let's start here with uh, the Commanders fan on the podcast. Let's talk about this with Trev. You know, we talked about this last week. We kind of teed it up. This was something that was going to impact NFC East and what would happen in the playoffs. What are your thoughts on how this tie impacts the Commanders and Giants and their playoff chase? Oh, my gosh. It's such a pain in the butt. I hate <laughs> especially when, it, when the games mean something in December. A tie happens. It just throws another wrench in what already is a wrench of the playoff picture. So right. um, I know the Giants are sitting, I think, sixth in the playoff spot in the wild card at the 7-4-1. We're currently right. out now and outside looking in because Seattle won, so now they're 7-5. and five, So, yep. luckily, we play the Giants again right after this bye this week, so it's not like we don't know what we're going up against. But I just hate having a tie. Somebody should have won that game. I mean, you <laughs> to do it, and you don't do it. It's kind of embarrassing. But also, it's like, I guess we're evenly matched. I don't know. It's just, it's just embarrassing in the NFL to have a tie. Can you actually have more unhappy people – on the field than when you have a tie. I mean, like, like I mean, everybody's unhappy. No one's happy about a tie. No. And, and I'll ask you, it is crazy. And I know that, um, Ryan, you probably never experienced this as a Patriots fan because the Patriots actually have zero ties in the overtime era. And actually, if you go all the way back to the beginning of time, have had only nine ties, but those are all like way, way back in the 60s and so on. So, I mean, what, what do you think here about this tie between the Commanders and the Giants? Did you even care? But <laughs> more importantly, how does it impact the playoff race? Ryan, I think we're getting about uh, one-third of what you're saying. (laughs) Guys, let me try taking this off speaker. Can you hear me better now? Yes, yes, absolutely. Okay. All right. Well, you know, as a person who I worked with on the show for a long time, how much I hate uh, the Giants. But I like Ryan Dayball a lot, and not because of his patriotizer, because I thought he – I just loved what he did in Buffalo. So – I don't want to root against the Giants, but I was really hoping the Giants would lose that game just so I could, you know, go back to my friends that are Giants fans and let them know uh, just how (laughs) fake that start was by the Giants. But what I think would have solidifies for me is just how mediocre the entire league is right now. Um, Mm -hmm. I really think it's a three-team race in the NFL this year, and I think all three of those teams are in the AFC. Uh, I think the NFC is bad. I think the Eagles in any other year would not be as, as dominant or as good as they look right now. Uh, the real teams I would think were contenders in the, in the NFC or are not real contenders. So uh, in terms of impact in the playoffs, like, yeah, that throws another wrench into tie-breaking scenarios. And uh, obviously the NFC East is a really tightly contested division. Um, but I really don't think it matters in the long run because I think whoever comes out of the NFC is getting smoked in the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> okay. Wow. Okay. Well, that, that, I mean, I'm, I'm not totally surprised you're going to say that. Uh, strong takes is definitely right, is definitely on brand for you, Ryan. So let me ask you this question. Let me flip over, because you said it's a three-team race in the AFC, so I guess you're counting your Patriots out this year? 
Oh my God, yeah. I, I, I'm I'm counting out the Patriots until further notice. I think I think last time I was on the show, I had told you that I had uh, given up on football because the Patriots had started uh, to really become a perennial <laughs> loser again. So I'm a, right. I'm a big MLS fan, but if I okay. have to watch football, I'm a Bills fan now. So all right. after all those cool. years of tormenting the Bills mafia on here, I am officially a Buffalo Bills fan until, wow. until the Patriots fire Bill Belichick. Nice. <laughs> All right. Well, that is shocking. That is absolutely shocking. But then the Bills obviously being one of those AFC teams in the race. So, all right, well, let's get back. We're going to get to that later in the show because I definitely want to talk more about that. But let's talk about Baker Mayfield for a second. I know nobody wants to talk about Baker Mayfield except for his commercials, which I think are fantastic. But the Carolina Panthers waived Mayfield on Monday. Something that interim coach Steve Wilkes said was a mutual agreement between the two sides. Wilkes said Mayfield asked to be released after finding out he wouldn't be the starting or backup quarterback in Carolina. What a fall from grace that is. And the Rams, the only team to put in a claim, acquired Mayfield off waivers. They are going to inherit the remaining $1.35 million on Mayfield's contract. Mayfield flew to Los Angeles uh, and could play as soon as Thursday night football against the Las Vegas Raiders as the Rams sent in the playbook and said, study it on the flight over. That sounds like a bad idea. And as we know, Stafford was placed on IR with spinal cord contusion. There's a good chance he'll be back, though, in week 17. So, Trev, what's your take on this Baker Mayfield saga? Good for the Rams, good for the Panthers, good for nobody. Uh, it's whatever. I mean, the Rams are 3-9. and nine. Uh, Even right. if they win five, the next five in a row, they're 8-9. and nine. They're not going to do anything. They can't make the playoffs, though. It is what it is. Um, happy for Baker Mayfield getting yet another shot that he wants to have in the NFL to be the starter. Um, and the Panthers, I guess, don't have to pay that much money or whatever. So it's not really that big of a deal, I think, in my opinion. It's just Baker Mayfield has another starting job, and we'll see what happens. So. Well, I, I hope that he gets a shot to do more commercials. That's all I hope for. So <laughs> what, do you, what do you think here, uh, Ryan? Any impact here from Baker Mayfield? No, because, uh, I mean, uh, the Rams, I don't think, are, are actually uh, – only mathematically, but they're, I mean, that team's not going anywhere. You know, we've right. seen all the graphics this week of just not just, you know, Stafford and, and Cup, but I mean, like everyone that started on the Super Bowl team is gone. That mattered uh, on the offensive side of the ball. So um, I don't think there's any implications there. I mean, for Baker, you know, I, I'm not a big Baker Mayfield fan or believer, um, but, I, but I do think it's important that, like, we recognize that the teams with, with no stability uh, in their coaching staff, uh, that that ruins quarterbacks, and I'd have to go back and look, but I'm pretty sure he predated Stefanski in uh, in Cleveland. So he had two coaches in Cleveland. Uh, mm-hmm. He comes to the Panthers. Yep. His his coach is fired halfway through the first season. I mean, this is somebody who's had a lot of turnover, and he's played for two loser franchises. So you know, yeah. I, do I think Baker Mayfield is going to turn out to be a, a solid starter in the NFL? Uh, no, but we've seen other guys, you know, have stranger turnarounds and. And last forever. I mean, Colt McCoy, I think, is still on a roster somewhere. So, yeah, that's um, true. You know, I, I don't think that we've seen the last of Baker Mayfield. And if you're the Rams, you know, Chuck's you out of it. But if you were in it, pretty decent guy to fall into backwards, you know, given their quarterback situation at this point. Yeah, it was actually the ideal thing for Baker Mayfield, actually, because clearly, I mean, if he can't beat out P.J. Walker in Carolina, then it's um, time to get a fresh start. And uh, getting picked up by the Rams right after, you know, the fact that they've seen what they could do without Matt Stafford. Hey, it's a great opportunity for him to get a look, if nothing else, uh, for his uh, draft or tra- I mean, his draft, his trade or free agent value next season. You know, who knows what's going to happen then? Um, there are a bunch of QB needy, uh, QB needy teams that might need backups. And like you said, there's a lot of those guys who don't have big names who could carry clipboards and make tons of money. And that's 
Sounds like a win for me, as far as I'm concerned. All right, so let's go ahead to the boxing bell on that one. Let's talk about the next topic. And this is actually kind of related to that because Josh Johnson, uh, super journeyman, is actually the backup here now for the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo went out early in week 13, what was reportedly a broken foot. But since then, the 49ers coach Kyle Shanahan confirmed that Jimmy G will not need surgery on his broken left foot and will have a much shorter rehabilitation than was feared, but will still be on about a seven to eight week timeline. In the meantime, the Niners are going to take their time to figure out what they're going to do with him on a roster standpoint, because they've used six of their eight injured reserve returns this year already. The remaining two spots have an earmark for defensive tackle Javon Kinlaw and running back Elijah Mitchell. So um, they don't have to declare anything until they're ready to practice again, but putting Garoppolo on IR may keep him there forever. So for now, he's going to be a weekly inactive on the 53-man roster, which means Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant from last year, who managed to get a win for the 49ers against the Dolphins in Week 13, will continue to be under center. And like I said, Josh Johnson, out of nowhere, backup quarterback for the 49ers. Uh, let me get your take on this first, Ryan. What do you think about this? Because Jimmy G obviously started over there in uh, Patriot land, made his way over to the 49ers, and has been kind of a mixed bag since then, but a good enough for the 49ers to win. So what do you think the impact is here for the 49ers? Yeah, so I think there's actually a real impact. So I've, uh, I've kind of come full circle on Jimmy, where mm-hmm. I was as a Patriot fan, a big believer of him. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought he could be, you know, potentially a top 10 quality guy in the NFL. Um, that obviously uh, has not panned out. Um, and, you know, but, but I, it was somebody on one of the, the morning ESPN shows the other day. Um, yep. I can't remember who it was, but they were they were walking through and they were talking about uh, about Jimmy, and they said, you know, I get it that this 49ers team is loaded and, you know, they're a defense-first team and they run the ball and they have all these playmakers. And, uh, you know, he, he made the case, again, I forget who it was, sorry, I can't give credit to it, but that with Jimmy G the, uh, over the last five, four years, whatever it's been, uh, the, something like the 49ers like 40 and 9 or something like that. And when he doesn't mm, play, wow. they're like 8 and 38. Oh, and wow. so the point that he was making, obviously, there is, you know, if it's just about everybody else around Jimmy, why can't they ever win when he's hurt? And, right. uh, again, I forget who the match, who was talking, because then somebody responded to him and said, well, does anyone get hurt more than Jimmy G? Which might be fair. Uh, <laughs> maybe that's why I don't right. build the franchise around him. But, again, if anyone could do it, then anyone should have been able to do it. And they've been through a lot. I mean, I think this goes back to the C.J. Beathard days in, in San Francisco. Yeah. So um, it's not so much a statement on Jimmy G. It's just about the, the data plays out that they are a better team when he's healthy. Um, so, you know, we'll, uh, we'll see what this does for them. And it, it kind of stinks. Cause I honestly, if they were healthy and they've never really been healthy at the same time this year, they've dealt with a lot of injuries, but that might be the one NFC roster that could challenge the, the, the AFC, um, but not going to happen with, without, without their QB one or two. Yeah, no, that's a tough break for the 49ers. What do you think here, Trev impact of uh, Jimmy G's injury? Although he may be back, uh, it's a, kind of a long shot, seven to eight weeks. Uh, I think it's huge because, uh, yeah, Brock Wordy ca- Brock Purdy came in and got the win, but, I mean, it wasn't the whole game. It was like an actual start. And yeah. um, so their defense is lights out. And I think if they do have to make the playoffs, it'll dep- depend on their defense. Brock Purdy just doesn't have that much experience. They're going up against right. the Seahawks, the Buccaneers, the Commanders, the Raiders, and the Cardinals. It's a pretty tough schedule for a rookie quarterback. So if they have any chances, I think the defense can hold them down and, and hold it down until Jimmy G-, Jimmy G gets back to make a playoff run, hopefully. But as far yeah. as right now, huge impact because – have a gauntlet of a schedule left. So, 
Yeah, Brock Purdy looked pretty good, but I have to uh, I have to say that part of it might have been just nobody scouted him before this. I mean, he's right. Mr. Okay. Irrelevant after all. And th- who who would have been a million years thought that Brock Purdy would be starting uh, or playing a game yeah. as the as the quarterback in the NFL at any point in time? So uh, big big W for him. I don't know how it's going to plan out in the future, but certainly an impact on the 49ers, who are actually right now third. Uh, in the NFC playoff race. So hit the bell on that and talk about the AFC for a second because the team that's third on the AFC side is the Baltimore Ravens. And Lamar Jackson, uh, near the end of the first quarter in week 13, left the game dealing with a knee injury, which is now reported to be a sprained PCL and is expected to be sidelined for one to three weeks. So Jackson has not practiced this week. He's unlikely to play this week, according to Coach Harbaugh but he wouldn't rule him out. I think that's just playing games. He certainly shouldn't play this week. Tyler Huntley stepped in, uh, managed a fourth quarter come from behind victory against the Broncos in week 13 in an otherwise ugly game on offense and will continue to be under center while Jackson is out. So Trev, what do you think? What's the impact here of Lamar Jackson's injury and the Ravens playoff hopes? Uh, It's pretty big, but also at the same time, they have Tyler Huntley backing them up and we've all seen what he can do. Some people say he's a 2.0. He's still a mobile quarterback. He's shifty. He, he's uh, fast. He, he knows the playbook. He's been there forever. So I think it is just by the name and, and you know, the contract situation, it's huge that he's not playing. But Tyler Huntley will fill, it, will fill, it, will fill in just nicely. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see what happens when he uh, faces an actual team. The Broncos, not too yeah. much competition there. <laughs> what do you exactly. think here, Ryan? What's the impact of Lamar Jackson being out for the Ravens? Uh, negative 50 because they're not one of the three teams that actually has a shot at winning the Super Bowl. Oh, wow, year. negative 50. Um, <laughs> what are, what's, our, what's our scale here? <laughs> Holy cow. The scale, All right. the scale is negative 53 to 102. Um, okay. And he, he's at a negative 50. So a little, little okay. room for Steve That's pretty bad. Tackle, That's but, pretty bad, though. No, you know, I don't, I don't – again, I, the Ravens aren't a team that I take seriously. They've got good coaching, good organization. They've always been good. But uh, is there a team – I mean, and this is coming from a, from a Patriots fan. Is there a team that's done less to support a young quarterback than the Baltimore Ravens have done since he got there? Um, and the answer, I'll just answer for you, is no. So uh, I think this is probably going to negatively really – the real impact here will be on the contract situation because right. Lamar got hurt again. Uh, hopefully it really just drives home to him that how, uh, you know, how um, – you know, uh, fleeting this all is, and that you got to get your money mm. as you can, and hopefully that means that he does fight for the contract he deserves. And uh, the Ravens, for not putting any weapons around him, deserve to lose him because um, yeah. they've really just done him a disservice in the whole first, you know, part of his career here. So um, again, I don't think it has any impact on this year because they're not a team that I really thought was a real contender. Uh, and but but the long term effect on on the Ravens could be could be large. Yeah, and I, I will say that there is a team I think that has supported their quarterback less, and that would be my Chicago Bears, who are the first team to be statistically eliminated on the NFC from the playoffs. So there you go. Right. <laughs> well, you got to have a there, real yeah. quarterback to support. Oh, uh, come yeah. on. Yeah. No, that's low blow. I mean, we got nothing. You give us something. <laughs> come on. We, all we got is this 3-10 and 10 record and nothing to show for it. But anyway, that, that being said, <laughs> that any, anything, uh, anything, I'll take anything at this point, right? I'll take anything. Um, anyway, so let's hit the docking bell on that one. Let's talk about Deshaun Watson because he has returned from his suspension to the Browns this week. He looked absolutely rusty as he labored his way through 131 passing yards and interception and 21 rush yards, resulting in a passer rating of just 53.4 and thus being outplayed by the Texans' Kyle Allen, who had a passer rating of 53.5. <laughs> so this was not 
a quarterback duel by any stretch of the imagination. It was the first time the Browns failed to score an offensive TD since 2020, and the first time that the Browns scored three non-offensive touchdowns in a game since 1989. So what do you think, Trev? Deshaun Watson, uh, rusty, or is he Russell Wilson-sized bust? Oh, he's rusty. He hasn't played in almost, what, two years now, apparently? Yeah, 700 games, um, 700 days or something like that. <laughs> yeah, and it's and NFL game speed is so different from practice reps, throwing with the buddies on the uh, high school field or, you know, playing this and doing that. It's so, it's so different. So, of course, he's going to be rusty. He hasn't played in 700 days. Um, but I don't think it'll take him that long to get to where he's going because, obviously, he hasn't staying in shape and hasn't thrown the football the whole time. So, first game right. show right there, but I think – the second week could be a little more comfortable and we'll see what he's capable of doing again. Well, it's going to be a tough one because he's matched up against the Bengals in week 14. So that'll be a tough one, I think, for him to return to. And he'll have to keep pace with that really uh, uh, the offensive juggernaut that the Bengals are starting to get around into form. So what do you think here, Ryan, about Deshaun Watson's return here? You think this is just rusty game or you think he's a Russell Wilson size bust? <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I think 100%. He's just he's just rusty, um, so I don't have any any concerns about his his, his ability. Um, a, there's a huge age difference, and B, because uh, mm-hmm. I find that storyline more interesting now because a lot of people are saying that about Russell Wilson. Uh, Geno Smith looks better than he ever has in his career, and yeah. Russell Wilson has never looked worse. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Right. Maybe it's uh, maybe there's uh, an issue with um, coaching. <laughs> with, uh, with with or yeah maybe and maybe or maybe not issue with coaching maybe maybe Pete Carroll somehow is a is a quarterback whisperer and we all just didn't know it <laughs> right well it's entirely possible I mean Geno Smith of all people right I mean unbelievable I mean if you saw he actually will have the the I, I can't remember I saw this recently they're they're looking at the values for um the free agents next year and he had the third highest value amongst quarterbacks on free agents next and and that's Geno Smith someone we had left for dead before his resurrection this year with the Seattle Seahawks. And now he's one of the top uh, QB gets in the, it's like the Ryan Tannehill story all over again in, in many ways, although he's actually good. So there you go. Who knows what's going to happen there? Um, but yeah, Deshaun Watson, I also agree. I think he's just rusty. We'll see what's going to do. If he, if he gets the support from his defense and his special teams, like he did this last week, he has nothing to worry about. So um, he's in a good situation there. Boxing bell there. And then let's talk about Tom Brady. Because we can't get past a week without talking about Tom Brady. Because he managed to be Tom Brady this week. He had back-to-back touchdown drives, both in under 2.5 minutes each in the fourth quarter to steal a one-point win over the New Orleans Saints, 17-16 to in the final three seconds of the game. Haven't seen that in a while out of Tom. Um, of course, it was the Saints on the other hand. But uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. It may be the comeback time. Maybe this is the Buccaneers' turning point. What do you think, Ryan? I'm going to give you... First shot at this one because I know how you feel about Tom Brady, but Tom Brady and the Bucks have they turned a corner on Monday Night Football or are the Saints just absolute crap? It's a combo uh, of both maybe, and or not. And the Bucks haven't turned a corner because they was it against the Rams a couple weeks ago? They had the, the last minute drive to score to win, and mm-hmm. everyone's like, oh, that's gonna be the turning point. They rifled off a couple, and then they had a bad loss last week, and and then bounced back here. Um, you know, suddenly so to turn the corner again. I I just. I'm just so down on the NFC that, like, I, I can absolutely foresee an instance where, uh, you know, uh, where Brady and the Bucks get uh, a home game for winning the division against somebody, and then the second round they, they draw the, uh, the Vikings, and we all know how that team and that quarterback historically have played in those big moments. And, and then also right. now Brady's in the NFC championship game again. So 
it may look like a turning point when all is said and done, but again, I think it's more just a statement on, on the shape of the league and the shape of that conference than it is about the Bucks all of a sudden having something they haven't had all year. I mean, look, and the last thing I'll say on is, I mean, the offensive line is uh, beat up, and and, right. and they haven't really been able to protect Brady all year. So, and that's not getting resolved with the with the injuries they have on that line. So, unless they fix that, no, they have, they're not really turning any corner. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's we we'll see what happens. Then they have a, a tough, a little bit of a tough schedule ahead of them. They got the 49ers, but it's Brock Purdy 49ers. Then they got the Bengals, Cardinals, Panthers, Falcons. Most of those not too bad. Bengals being the biggest test there, I think. But uh, what do you think here, Trev, about the Buccaneers and Tom Brady? Have they turned a corner after Monday Night Football, or is this just a product of their competition on the field that day? Uh, I don't know, man. It's, it's hard. You can never, you can never count out Tom Brady. I mean. He might not have as many comebacks as he has in his past this year, but he still is able to do that at 45 years old. So, um, but, but like I said, like it took the whole game for us to see who Tom, for Tom Brady to be Tom Brady. <laughs> right, he did. I guess New Orleans State's led by Andy Dalton. So, yeah, there's that. But, I mean, they're still in their division at 6-6. Six and six. All I got to do is win out, and who knows what happens when postseason Tom Brady comes around. So, I don't think it's a turning point. I just think that there's – escaping by the skin of their teeth because you have Tom Brady and you're able to do that. So, Yeah. Yeah. And I think they're, uh, I think it's no doubt that they're going to take the NFC South at this point. So he's basically punched his ticket to the playoffs in my opinion. Yeah. Um, so that being said, let's go ahead and talk about the playoffs a little bit, hit the boxing bell. And every week we've been uh, giving our NFC and AFC championship predictions. So I'm going to give Ryan the first shot at this uh, predict for us who you think sitting here today will be in the NFC Championship game, and who will be in the AFC Championship game? So, uh, you know, without doing all the seeding machinations in my head, if I'm just going on the, te- on the teams I believe in the most, right. um, I'm going to say it's the Bills and the Bengals in the AFC, uh, mm. and then in the NFC, uh, because of the situation I just laid out, I'll go Tampa Bay uh, and then the Cowboys. Oh, okay. Yeah, I like it. That's a good, it's a pretty good matchup right there. Um, Trev, what are your thoughts? Have your, have your thoughts changed on who will be in the AFC and NFC championship game? Yeah, I used to have the Bills and Chiefs. I'm, I'm, I'm going uh, Chiefs-Bengals probably if that's possible because I think losing Von Miller for the season is huge for the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. The reason why they brought him in there was for these types of games, and I don't think they can do that. It might even do something to them mentally, which I hate to say, but yeah, Von Miller for the season. There goes all the momentum you had anyway. So, and then NFC, I'm going to, I'm going to go Cowboys and, ooh. <laughs> Tough yeah, one. Yeah, Tom Brady, Tampa Bay. Here we go. He'll make a run for some reason at 45, and life is good, and he'll be in the NFC Championship game against, against Dallas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's actually kind of – and NFC is the hardest part about it. So I, And I'm going to – you know, and as everyone knows, I've been big on the Dolphins this year, and that, I, I'm getting a little bit of a bad feeling in the pit of my stomach now after yeah. the performance last week. So I'm losing faith in the Dolphins. But I'm going to hold on – I'm going to be crazy. I'm going to be just crazy, crazy in the AFC. I'm going to say Dolphins and Bengals and uh, say the Bills and the Chiefs slip up. I think the Bengals have the Chiefs number, and people are starting to figure out that if you don't blitz – Patrick Mahomes, he has a hard time actually identifying open lanes. And that actually does mm-hmm. slow him down dramatically. And I think the Von Miller thing for the Bills is also a big deal. So I, I actually wouldn't be surprised to see the Bengals and Dolphins. I'm going to be totally crazy. On the NFC side, it's really hard for me to pick against the Buccaneers being there just because postseason Tom Brady is somebody that I we've seen so much of. 
And I just don't feel strongly about any other team. I think that the Vikings are just super vulnerable. And I think that the Eagles are a product of um, their offense, but they're already showing cracks in the second half and on their defense and particularly their run defense. So yeah, I guess Buccaneers and Cowboys. I don't, I just can't believe I'm saying that, but yeah, I guess Cowboys for NFC. That's a tough one. All right. Let's turn quickly to week 14 and the games that we want to watch in that have the biggest impact on the playoffs. So uh, Trev, I'll let you go first because I know you got to jump at some point in order to get onto your next podcast because you are all over the freaking place. What games are you looking <laughs> at in week 14? Uh, I'm going to schedule right now because the commanders are on the buy, so I really don't care. But uh, I'm going to look at uh, <laughs> that's one. Eagles-Giants is huge. We play Giants next week. Uh, we want the Eagles to lose, obviously, because everybody hates the Eagles, and we just want to make things more interesting. <laughs> Right. Um, so, but also, I don't want the Giants to win because that'll help them out for us next week. But anyways, definitely Ooh. a good one. Uh, go Jets for a tie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jets-Bills should be pretty interesting. I like Sauce Gardner yeah. a lot. Uh, let's see if Mike Love White's the real deal or not because the Bills defense is still kind of scary without Von Miller. Browns bengals that's, that's a rivalry. It's always a dogfight. Let's see about that. Uh, yep. Ravens-Steelers, same dogfight about that. And last one, I will probably say – the Buccaneers and the 49ers to see if Tom Brady for real has turned the corner or if the yeah. 49ers too much. And they, yeah. it doesn't matter. Their defense is legit. 49ers defense legit. So what do you think, Ryan? What games are you thinking are, are the most important in week 14 in terms of uh, playoff impact? Yeah, so I'll jump on to uh, to, to that Buccaneers uh, 49ers game. I think that's that's really yep. important, not just from the Buccaneers' angle, but you know, just okay. I already indicated earlier the 49ers with a real quarterback would be a dark horse team for me. So maybe they catch on some some little magic here with uh, with uh, Mr. Irrelevant, and if and if we see that, then you know, I think in either way, if it's kind of like a low, like a, like the same kind of outcome from the Saints game, then I think we can keep. You know, if it's a 17-16 grind where it's just not really about good defensive play, more about bad offensive play, then I think we right. can uh, pretty much eliminate either one of those teams from really thinking as a contender. Um, right. And then on the AFC side, the one that I'm really most interested in is that I, too, have been a believer in the Dolphins this year. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then, they, like you said, laid that egg last week, and now they got a team who's still fighting for their playoff lives that is right. a good up-and-coming team in the Chargers. Um, and so if the Dolphins – go out there and convincingly win this game, well, then maybe maybe there's four teams I want to talk about in the AFC going forward. But if they go out there and just squeak one out in a game that, again, isn't played very well by them or looks like they are shrinking in the moment, um, then I think we can really eliminate them also uh, from, from the long-term discussion of, of the season. Yeah, I love that one. That's actually on my list as well. And I'll say this. Uh, Jets and Bills, you know, did you realize the Bills have only won – they've only won one division game so far. So that's – you know, and the Jets have their number last time. So – you know, Jets are coming off a loss. They look pretty good, though, with Mike White at the helm. Jets at Bills, I love that. Vikings at Lions is who I'm looking at right now because the Vikings look like the most vulnerable 10-2 and team I've seen in a long time. They won, nine of their last ten, they won nine of their 10 games this season by one score or less. The Lions have been surging. They won four of the last five. One loss uh, in that time frame to just, by just three points to the AFC conference-leading Buffalo Bills. So I like the Vikings at Lions. I think the Lions might be for real, guys. I hate to say it, but I think the Vikings – I'm sorry. I think the Lions might be for real. I think the Vikings might be completely posers here. So uh, Vikings and Lions, I have my eye on that one. And that brings us to the end of the show. Let's get the air horn on the show. And Trevor, why don't you give us your social media? Because I know you got to jump. 
Uh, at Trev HTTC on Twitter, Trev underscore stores on Instagram, Rep the District Podcast, Full Press Commanders, and Football Garbage Time. Appreciate you, man. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Trev. And Ryan, give us your social media because you don't check it enough in order to actually respond to my text, my DMs. (laughs) So give us your social media (laughs) so that I can continue (laughs) to spam you to get you on the show. Yeah, uh, we're just gonna. I'm just gonna have to give you my cell phone number. No, but I'm. Uh, I'm actually. I've actually just uh, launched my own marketing ad agency uh, oh, over the last nice. uh, over the last several months here. So um, I'm now going to be back on Twitter full time, but but promoting a lot more uh, SEO and PPC uh, style tips than I will be posting about sports. But anyways, you can follow <laughs> me on there at Ryan Whitfield NE. Um, I don't really get uh you know enough into the sports takes unless my teams are in it so in the nfl i'm pretty quiet this year because i just don't uh yeah. don't really you want to engage on the patriots for, <laughs> yeah well i certainly don't want to talk about that team um uh, but one thing i uh will we'll just say about the bills just because you guys both kind of mentioned them in, in, a, in a sense today almost that you don't see them as a prohibitive favorite you know one thing i'll say is they kind of remind me and undeservingly probably of, of right. like the the patriots teams the last 10 years where i just I feel like they're not even playing at a level. I feel, or you know, or, or non New England reference. I'll use the Miami Heat in the early 2010s, where Ooh. it's just like it just feels like they're coasting autopilot. Like, let's just get to the season. It doesn't matter what seed we're in. If we're gonna go on the road, if we're gonna go home, like we play right. the best, no one can beat us. Um, right. And so I wonder if there's some of that going up, going on, because I, I honestly think uh, that's more likely than than that they just all of a sudden gotten bad. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. It'll be really interesting to keep an eye on that one. I mean, it's going to be an exciting end of the season because I think there's a couple big, a whole bunch of question marks there. Uh, and we'll hopefully, um, you'll respond to my DMs and you'll be on another show this season. That'd be great. I would really, <laughs> it'd be terrific if we get you to be on the show again, Ryan. Uh, so thanks for joining us, Ryan. It's awesome to have you back on the show. As I said, everybody, he's an OG. He's the actual OG from 2015. Go back and check out our first couple of episodes if you want a couple of cringeworthy listens. Uh, that's a fun way Please to don't. make it a drinking game. Make it a drinking game. I think that will make it more fun if you want to listen to it that way. Um, hey, you can find me on Twitter at FD Garbage Time and on Facebook at the Football Garbage Time page. As usual, thank you for listening and wasting time with us. And thank you, Ryan, for joining us again. Until next time, enjoy your NFL week. Catch you next time. Thanks again. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.